0: Study the patterns of the universe. Imagine, that's just to brain. Virtue, Your mind. Talking about your life. Fundamental Philosophy. What is and what is not true. Those who know themselves. Be better every single day. Hello there, welcome. This is the Think Grow podcast. I'm your host, Ruben Chavez, and normally I explore a variety of topics with thought leaders, creators, scientists, artists, and other interesting people with the goal to bring you different perspectives you can use to enrich your mind and improve your life in whatever way you see fit. So today I want to change it up a bit and give you a shorter episode. And talk with you one on one about a topic that I am fascinated by, and I think a lot of you are interested in as well, and that is the brain. Specifically, increasing your intelligence. And and that's really what I wanna talk about here in this episode. I wanna give you a few really specific actionable strategies that you can go and implement into your life immediately and notice a difference. So I wanna first start by talking about what intelligence is and what I'm referring to exactly. So as I understand it, there are basically two main kinds of intelligence. There is crystallized intelligence, and then there's fluid intelligence. In crystallized intelligence, you can think of it as something like your ability to learn and apply a skill. It has to do with language a lot, has to do with your accumulated knowledge and your kind of intellectual achievements. Think of it as your stored knowledge and ability to apply it. Fluid intelligence, on the other hand, is something more like being able to improvise off of information that you don't even have. It's the ability to solve problems independent of prior knowledge. So the way I like to remember these, and this is not exactly accurate, but it's good enough, and it helps me separate them in my mind, is, is like this. I think of crystallized intelligence as book smarts, and then I think of fluid intelligence more like street smarts, right? Because book smarts is kind of the stored knowledge, and then street smarts is kind of being able to think on your feet. And this is something that's so important to me, and this is a topic that I want to explore in later episodes of this podcast because I think it's one of the most important things that we can do or learn how to do, and that is learn how to think better. Albert Einstein has one of my favorite quotes of all time. I'm looking at it right now, it's sitting on my desk, and it goes like this. Education is not the learning of facts, but the training of the mind to think. And this quote embodies what fluid intelligence is all about. It's being able to think, it's it's knowing how to think on your feet, and improvise, and, and solve problems. It's critical thinking, you know, this kind of a thing. And this is what these strategies that I want to share with you are aiming to do. They're aiming to help you increase your fluid intelligence. And what's interesting is that for a long time, actually up until very recently, it was thought that your fluid intelligence could not be increased. Basically, you were born with what you were born with, and that's it. And while there is a genetic lottery of sorts that accounts for a portion of your intelligence and your, let's say, intellectual capacity, that's not the whole story. Actually, there was a recent study in 2008 out of the University of Michigan, and it showed that actually your fluid intelligence could be improved if you use the correct strategies and go about it in a particular way. So what are these strategies? What are the principles of increasing your fluid intelligence? Well, it turns out there are a few of them, and I'm going to Go over five of them here. These are coming from a Scientific American article that cites this 2008 study that was done showing how these actually improved fluid intelligence. And so the first one is seek novelty. Seek novelty, what does that mean? It means expose yourself to new things, essentially. So when you expose yourself to new things, you create new neural connections And these build on each other and create an optimal environment for learning. So novelty triggers the neurotransmitter dopamine. And we're all familiar with dopamine. Dopamine, it turns out, increases uh, motivation. And it also leads to the creation of new neurons. And so this combination leads to better learning. I like to think of it as like if you observe a baby learning something new or seeing something for the first time, they're captivated. And... They want to continue learning it or receiving that information. And it's kind of the same thing, if you can relate to this, learning a new subject. Like if you've ever been captivated by a new subject or gone down an internet rabbit hole on YouTube or something on some kind of new subject that you're just enthralled by, things are happening in your brain that are very conducive to learning. You're creating an optimal learning environment because – A, you're motivated to learn it, and B, it's something new, so it's kind of like fertile soil for this new information to take root. At least that's how I like to think of it. So how do you apply this principle? Very simply, you seek out new activities, new experiences, and new information. Explore your curiosity. This is like a permission slip for you to learn new things and kind of give in to your curiosity, learn a new instrument, take an art class, go to a museum, like learn a new subject. These are all things that will really help to increase those connections and trigger dopamine, which is a key factor in learning. Okay, so the second principle is challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. What does that mean? Well, it means that as you kind of seek out these new novel activities, some of them could start to get easier and more familiar, right? So let's say you take up a new instrument and then you learn how to play it really well. Your brain's not in that learning stage anymore. At some point it becomes efficient and you're no longer challenging it. So this is one of the principles in increasing your fluid intelligence and that is that you really have to stay on the edge of competence and incompetence in a sense. Think of it like this, when you first learned how to drive a car, it was novel, right? Like it was something totally new and different that you had to learn how to do. You had to learn how to put in uh, the clutch if it was a manual and then shift and then brake and then simultaneously be looking around in your rear view mirror at, for cars on all sides of you, right? So. There's all these things that you had to figure out how to do, and it was all very conscious. But at some point, you got so good at it that those habits became unconscious, right? And you don't even think about it. Sometimes you probably drive to work on autopilot some days now because your brain eventually got efficient at doing the task. And so, so how do you get around this? Okay, well, this is really how to apply the principle. And that is, as soon as you start to become proficient in something at some particular task or activity, then move on to the next one. You know, seek another novel activity, for example, or adjust the parameters of the activity to where it's more challenging for you. The goal is basically to always be challenged by what you're doing. If you can do it mindlessly, then you're not really maximizing your cognitive capability. And so this keeps your brain constantly making these new connections and creating an optimal environment for future learning. Something that I've been doing recently is doing Rubik's Cubes and other 3D puzzles that I can figure out and that I have to come up with solutions to. So those are really, really fun. And also I get new ones all the time so I can you know change it up and always be challenging myself. Okay, what is the third thing you can do to increase your fluid intelligence. It is think creatively. Think creatively. What does that mean exactly? Well, contrary to popular belief, most creative thinking is actually done with both sides of the brain, right? So we always think of the right side of the brain is the creative side, and the left side is the more analytical side. Well, it's actually not exactly like that. Both sides of the brain need to work in conjunction with each other for most tasks, even if even if one side is dominant sometimes. But anyway, creative people think across a wide range of topics and subjects, and and this is what creative cognition is all about, really. You want to be able to make connections between remote ideas and switch back and forth between conventional and unconventional thinking. And this type of thinking is is very much tied to critical thinking, which is needed to solve multifaceted real life problems, right? And so how do you do this? Well, you can start by thinking outside of the box, looking for unconventional sol- solutions in places that you wouldn't normally think of. Um, pay attention to aspects of a problem that you're trying to solve that you would normally ignore maybe. Um, Ward problems are a really good exercise for this. Something that I've come across recently actually is that you can strengthen the band of fibers that connects your left and right hemispheres of the brain. It's called the corpus callosum. You can strengthen this this band of fibers which enables communication between the left and the right hemispheres by exercise and through certain kinds of physical movement so for example one way to do this is by doing exercises that cross the midline of your body so if you think of your body as being divided into two halves longitudinally then you, like you have the left side of your body and the right side of your body exercises that force you to twist or cross one side of your body over past the midpoint of your body, those help to strengthen this corpus callosum that helps your left and right hemispheres communicate. Another exercise that does this is anything that involves mismatched movements. So for example, tap your head and rub your belly counterclockwise simultaneously, right? Like that's very difficult, but it helps to strengthen the connection between your left and right hemispheres. And the last exercise that really helps with this is, I think it's called cross lateral movements. That's basically where you are moving your left side of your body and the right side of your body in alternating ways. So something like this would be like crawling. And this is partly why babies crawl. And, and, and part of what helps them to develop so well cognitively. So very interesting, and I would suggest trying those out. Those are easy things to do. Okay, so moving on to principle number four, do things the hard way. Do things the hard way. What does this mean? Well, just as your body needs exercise in order to stay healthy and strong, your brain also needs to be challenged, and it needs a specific kind of exercise it needs to figure things out for itself. So it turns out that our brains actually benefit from a certain amount of struggle and effort. The problem with our modern day world is that technology has kind of weakened our cognitive abilities to a large extent. And, you know, we have GPS, we have autocorrect, we have all of our phone numbers stored in our phones, right? So Basically, you want to go old school here. This is the principle of going old school. Things you can do to apply this principle. Use your memory instead of GPS. I will admit I overuse my GPS. This has really weakened my directional abilities. Also, Vanessa, my wife, is excellent with directions. And so I also rely on her sometimes too much. And so what I've been doing for the past year is not using my GPS and not having Vanessa Help me with directions, and it has really, really improved my overall cognitive abilities. Like, navigating yourself in the world is something that human beings have had to do for almost all of our evolutionary history. We've had to figure out how to orient ourselves directionally, and this is, a, this is something that our brain really needs to do and really is very helpful. And so I would just say, don't use GPS. Um, Instead of using autocorrect, take the time to think of how to spell the word. Whatever, sound it out, Um, remember past instances where you used the word, that kind of a thing. Instead of relying on your calculator all the time to do simple math or even a little bit more complex math, do it in your head. You know, get out a piece of paper and go old school with it. So those are some tips there. Number five, the last... Principle we're going to talk about here to increase your fluid intelligence is network This is the social piece of the puzzle here Expose yourself to a variety of people, right? Especially those with differing Viewpoints and opinions humans are extremely social animals. This is how we've Evolved this is how we've come to dominate the planet really our ability to cooperate with people in in very intricate ways so exercise your social muscles by getting around people who see the world differently than you do. This will give you an opportunity to see problems from a new perspective. It'll, it'll help you get insights that you couldn't think of yourself. Um, I find that I also think very different thoughts when I'm talking with somebody, trying to explain my ideas or communicate my thoughts as opposed to when I'm just living in my head or writing, you know, th- thinking thoughts on my own. And so social interactions stimulate my brain in very specific ways. And I think that's true just in general that social interactions can help to increase your emotional intelligence also, your awareness of your emotions in yourself and in others. And so this is a just an all around beneficial thing to do for your brain. How do you apply this principle? Go talk to people. Get out there. Join a social activity or maybe a mastermind group of some sort. Get out of the house. Talk to other people. This doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an extrovert or the life of the party. I'm an introvert by nature, and I mean that technically. like, uh, like Psychologically, my profile, my tendencies are introverted. I, I don't gain energy from large groups of people, but but you don't have to necessarily be around large groups of people. You can talk one-on-one with someone. Call a friend, right? Make a new connection. Talk with them about your ideas. Ask about what's going on in their life. Something I've done recently is start this podcast because I want to talk with more people. And it has enabled me to talk with people in a different setting than than I normally would. And, and that has definitely had an effect on my I think overall cognitive abilities and hopefully fluid intelligence. So that is the last tip I will leave you with. I hope this was helpful for you guys. Let me know if you liked it and if you want me to do more episodes like this. Um, I, will, I know I was a little bit all over the place here. I didn't have a lot written down. I really just wanted to kind of go off the cuff. So I hope you enjoyed it. It'd be awesome if you left me a review letting me know what your main takeaway from this episode was so i'll leave you to do that thank you for listening and i'll see you next time